When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Matthew Wright Show on Crucible of Broadcast Excellence. Talk Radio. Put it on and keep it on. Too busy to catch us on the afternoons on Talk Radio? Too many children to care for? Too many jobs to manage? Well, never fear. Help is here in the shape of the Matthew Wright Podcast, where we cut down three hours of entertainment and enlightenment every afternoon into tiny, bite-sized morsels just for you, you busy so-and-so. So sit back and enjoy the best of the Matthew Wright Show here on Talk Radio. I want to talk about the rather distasteful subject of eugenics and this bizarre, um, well, it appears that a growing number of Downing Street aides are obsessed with it. Uh, we've had the row already, haven't we, over uh, Number 10's decision to hire and then what was the phrase you resigned. used? Resigned. Um, then... Sabisky <laughs> was uh, resigned. Right, so, so this is Andrew Sabisky, uh, an advisor with uh, eugenicist views, and it turns out that uh, Boris's closest aide, Dominic Cummings, shares similar thoughts on uh, this fake science. Back in 2014, he suggested the NHS should cover the cost of selecting babies to have higher IQs. Cummings figured out that rich would-be parents would inevitably select embryos with the, the highest uh, predilection, uh, prediction for IQs. So he floated the idea that the NHS, the National Health System, should fund everybody to do this, thus avoid uh, avoiding creating an unfair advantage for the wealthiest in society. So I suppose in a funny way, Dominic Cummings was giving us a sort of socialist approach to <laughs> eugenics. Um, uh, I, I'm going to speak in, in a little while with with our friend uh, Adam Pearson, who presented a, a wonderful BBC documentary on eugenics called Science's Greatest Scandal. And I have to say, it was eye-opening, absolutely eye-opening. Uh, but first, I'm going to turn uh, to an honorary professor at UCL's uh, Genetics Institute, and it's Professor David Curtis, and he joins us on the line now. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Hi. I'm, I'm, I must admit, I'm personally bemused by the um, the sudden flush of interest in eugenics at uh, Ten Downing Street. Do you share my uh, my confu- my surprise? Yeah, I mean it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I think people see this flash stuff about genes in they see headlines, they see scientific studies reported, they don't understand them properly. They have people bending their ear about stuff. People who have financial investment in promoting these things and they get taken in by it and they come out with all sorts of uh, nonsense, really. <laughs> I mean, would, would, you, would you agree with my appraisal that what Dominic Cummings seemed to be suggesting was a sort of socialist approach to eugenics, that, uh, that if we're going to go down the route of improving the human race, we should do it on, on a sort of equal and stable base? Yeah, I mean, I, I take that point and it is, it is ridiculous. I mean, the thing, I think people have to understand that if you're going to select for something like intelligence... 
you have to select between things. And to do that, that would mean, what would that mean? That would mean you'd have to have, say, 10 healthy embryos, test all those embryos to see their IQ score, which, by the way, you can't do, (laughs) and then throw away nine healthy embryos. That's what he's talking about. Tell us why you can't decide or determine uh, an IQ level at, at that embryonic stage. Because the, uh, the genetic variants, which, so, so IQ is only partially influenced by genetic variation, and almost all of it we do not know, and almost all of it, I can tell you, having researched this myself, we will never be able to know because there are as many different possible variants in the human genome as there are human beings on the planet. Right. There's six, six billion of each, and we're not going to know what all of those do. So we cannot, although people lie about it and say we can, we cannot predict somebody's IQ from doing a genetic test. Are you um, uncomfortable with, I don't know, I call it a fashion or a fad, but the, the sort of upsurge in, uh, in um, high-profile political aids with, with uh, an interest in, in eugenics? Do you, find well, it a dis- do you find it a distasteful subject? No, I find it appalling. I think it's, right. it's absolutely appalling uh, what is happening. And, uh, you know, I think we have to you stand against it very strongly. Do you think it is unacceptable for Boris Johnson's yes. close today to have even written that report back in 2014? No, no, I wouldn't say that. He's writing a blog, he's speculating yeah. about stuff. Yeah. There was Things were very different in 2014. Agreed. He didn't have the roles that he had. Uh, he should, of course, completely disown that position now. And if he doesn't do that, then that would be unacceptable. If people think there's somebody in number 10 who believes this stuff and has those social attitudes, then, then that would now, then that certainly would be unacceptable in my view, yeah. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio. This isn't going to be easy. It's, in essence, how Brexit is going to impact on British Google users, like me and like you, presumably, Kevin. Yeah, basically, uh, bear with me on this, Uh, British Google users look set to lose the protection of current strict privacy regulations when we leave the EU. After Brexit, the tech giant is reported to be planning to exclude the UK from its privacy deal with Europe and place Brits under much lapser American data regulations. Critics say the new arrangement will leave tens of millions of us with significantly less protection of our sensitive personal information and allow the police considerably easier access to private details. As things stand, the UK is covered by Europe's uh, data protection deal with Google, uh, which is called GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulation, and is regarded as basically the world's most aggressive privacy system. But now Google is set to require British customers to acknowledge they are switching to the American jurisdiction. Uh, Joining us now uh, to hopefully help (laughs) us navigate this tricky story is the Executive Director of of the Open Rights Group, Jim Killock. Hello, Jim. Hiya. We're finding this story quite complicated, but we think it's a rather major, important uh, change of direction in terms of the privacy for tens of millions of British Google users. Would we be correct in that assumption? You would. Uh, I think there are two things. Immediately, once the data is in the United States, it becomes much more accessible by the security forces. So, the National Security Agency can pretty much just get hold of whatever it wants if, uh, from data which is hosted on an American server in the US. So if Donald Trump wants to trawl uh, data in the UK to see whether he thinks that anybody um, might be you know, targeted as a illegal immigrant, that you know, he's got connections and data in the U- from the UK, or if, if he wants to trawl UK residents to see whether... He wants to uh, profile them for 
uh, political beliefs or extremism or anything like that. These are things that he can uh, order, the NSA can ask to do uh, very, very easily. But also, if I understand it rightly, our police, if they're investigating me or Matthew, as they probably will soon, uh, um, will have much greater access to the sort of information that is currently regarded as sacred and private by the EU regulations. Well, I think there there are two things there. I mean, uh, after Brexit happens fully, that's to say once we've left the ambit of of European law... Uh, there would be potentially more barriers and be between EU countries and the UK, and that that's it's a slight. It's what happens after Christmas. Could, could I could uh, I ask on really that? worrying them. Can I ask just on that note, Jim? Yeah. Because, does Google really have no choice but to withdraw from this GDPR because of Brexit, or is it something they could continue with despite Brexit? I think that that's an interesting question. I think what they're worried about is different governments arguing about what the rules are. So, in a sense, what they're thinking is, if they move the data to the USA, then they've only got to worry about what the UK and the US think. Whereas if they leave it in Ireland, gotcha. they've got to worry about what the European Union, the UK and America yeah, I gotcha. see. Yeah, I get it. So, so it's kind of it's simplifying things from their perspective. But, you know, it, I think it also... I think what it really does, the really, really worrying thing about this is if American companies start moving UK data to the USA, it is going to be a lot easier and a lot more compelling for them to argue uh, in trade negotiations, which come up in a year's time, that US law is absolutely fine and the UK should respect US law and everyone should make things a lot simpler by just kind of making agreements which allow US data practices. But we, we've taken that, back control, Jim. We, we're going to make our own laws. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what we voted for? Sovereignty? You're saying that we're, we're coming out from one evil, unaccount- unaccountable, undemocratic organisation, and you're saying we're walking straight into another. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jim, well, that's what happens when you negotiate with people who've got, you know, economies five times bigger than your own, isn't it? I mean, that is, the, that is the worry. Would it be a good idea, Jim, because uh, lest we forget we're going through the uh, transition exit negotiations right now, for the British to persuade the Europeans, the EU, to keep us in the GDPR joking, when it comes to mate. Google? We've had a vote! <laughs> no, but, but technically we could. Couldn't we make that part of the, our exit deal? It's possible, but we would have to agree to supervision of the European court at the very least. Um, you know, we'd have to be part of that legal framework. No chance. No chance. <laughs> well, this is it. Okay. I think, but these arguments are going to come backwards and forwards. I don't think this is all that. that those arguments are all over at all. Is, is there? Um, I, I, I'm a rank amateur in, in in the tech world, Jim. So uh, forgive me if this doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm just asking. So as I understand it, Instagram is one of a number of companies that the FBI, in particular, wanted to gain access to. They've got some kind of super difficult to crack back door. I think it's called end-to-end encryption. And I'm just wondering that if this was all to happen, our data is transferred to the US, we all get worried about, uh, well, intrusion and and the misuse of our data. If Google was to embrace something like end-to-end encryption, if indeed that is what I'm talking about, would that Mm. offer the security that some of us may be fearing we're going to lose? Well, I mean, it depends on the context. I mean, Google is all about search. It's all about... Uh, kind of 
profiling people on advertising. And th these things are not things which end-to-end uh, -end encryption is going to protect against. End-to-end -end encryption is about, you know, instant messaging and one-to-one -one messages, those kinds of things which are, which are kept private, meant to be kept private. Mm -hmm. um, I, th I think realistically it's a much, you know, it's just a small small part of the, the overall picture here. We talk, with through Facebook and Google, you're talking about companies that want masses of data exactly. and want to profile and sell advertising against it. Exactly. The worry is that the US has so little constraint over those things. Uh, you know, it's going to, this, this whole direction of travel is likely to make things really, really difficult when it comes to general online privacy. Yeah, that's that's the the point, isn't it, Jim? That uh, companies like Google and Facebook, information is their uh, commodity. That's what they sell. So presumably, uh, Google are rather keen as a company I for reckon, tens of millions of Brits to suddenly uh, be providing them with much more accessible information yeah, that they can go. make money out of, yes? Well, that obviously is going to be their commercial uh, judgment. And I, I think we have to see what, the Americans ask for as a country in these trade negotiations. I think for Google, they they do want that, but they also just want legal simplicity and legal certainty. And I think it's going to be very hard for the UK not essentially to opt into you know, more or less one of these systems. It's ultimately going to make a choice. The European Union has so far made a choice for trying to protect privacy. Yeah. Uh, the US has gone for a much more commercial model, which is all about companies being able to do more or less what they want so long as they tell users what that is and you agree to it. Uh, and, you know, those are very, very different models. The Matthew Wright Show on Talk Radio. The battle to be the Democrats' presidential candidate got nasty as billionaire former New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg came under fire from his five rivals. Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren compared Bloomberg to Donald Trump and warned that the party would take a huge risk substituting one billionaire for another. At least they'd be in power. <laughs> In his first live TV debate, Bloomberg was accused of backing overzealous police stop-and-search policies when he was in charge of New York, for which he apologised. Uh, as the combatants squared up in Las Vegas, Warren also charged the squirming Bloomberg with sexism and demanded he reveal how many women at his company have been forced to sign non-disclosure agreements. <laughs> it, was, it was nasty stuff. It really was. Uh, meanwhile, centri centrist hopeful uh, Pete Buttigieg... Uh, uh, this is the man with the unpronounceable surname. Lashed into sprightly 78-year-olds Bloomberg and Bernie Saunders uh, for being too polarising and lacking broad appeal. Uh, joining would us you say, so just before you would yeah. you say there are parallels to be drawn with the Labour Party in, the, in this country? In every way. Interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Uh, the Democrats do not seem to be offering a decent opposition to Mr Trump. It just doesn't seem to be together. That's like, you, it, it, Every one of these, and I'm a rank outside about every one of them you just see yeah. they look like a, a coalition a, a sort of unpleasant coalition that no one really yeah. is getting along all they need is one decent yes. rival for Donald yes. well, Trump they're... has just changed the game though hasn't yeah, he completely yeah. well yes uh, let's talk to Alan Friedman he's a US journalist and author of Democracy in Peril Donald Trump's America hello Alan Hello. Uh, so uh, yesterday it was uh, Bloomberg's, Michael Bloomberg's turn. Uh, it was his first TV debate. He really came under fire from the rest of them. Do you think that was a body blow to him? Will he recover from this? 
Well, it's all about the power of money. Michael Bloomberg has spent $400 million so far in three months on television advertising and social media. And he had a disastrous evening last night. He was, un he was nervous, he was unprepared, he was battered by everyone. Um, but it's all about Super Tuesday on March 3rd, where yeah. the 15 states. If Bloomberg places second or even third in at least half of those states, or if he wins two or three of them or five of them, he'll be a contender again, and we'll see that uh, it'll be an interesting test to see you can buy an American presidency. If instead his reputation has gone down the drain as a result of last night, then he's, he's, he, he will have imploded last night and be finished on March 3rd. I think, all about Tuesday. Yeah, I think uh, people on both sides of the Atlantic tend to have quite short memories about these TV debates, so you can recover. Um, Buttigieg, uh, you know, is arguably and going Donald to... Donald Trump uh, recovered very nicely. Exactly, from, exactly you know, right. Saying uh, he liked to grab women by the... Yeah, <laughs> quite. You can recover from almost anything. So Buttigieg is gay, which I think may count against him. Uh, Bernie Sanders is very old. Actually, so is Bloomberg. But Americans, as proved with Donald Trump, they like a billionaire. They like a successful businessman. Will that count in Michael Bloomberg's favour in the end? I don't know. I, I think right now what we have, what we had going into last night was basically Bloomberg trying to mop up all the moderate vote and suck all the air out of Buttigieg, Klobuchar, and Biden moderate vote against the uh, Jeremy Corbyn American politics, Bernie Sanders. Uh, Bernie Sanders is sort of like a more intelligent and nastier version of Jeremy. Yes. If you can imagine somebody yeah. being nastier than Jerry Corbyn, Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a stretch, but we'll get there, yeah. And I think what will happen is that I, I actually personally believe that Bloomberg may still be the best guy to go after Trump. For two reasons. One, he can outspend Trump. And two, he's a New Yorker. And to go after a con man like Donald Trump, who we New Yorkers have known all our lives as a crook and a controversial figure, you may need another New Yorker. But I, again, if Bloomberg uh, uh, has gone down last night, he's finished. And then I think Trump will be reelected because I don't think any of the others can beat him. Yeah, I was going to ask you, what about Buttigieg? I mean, he, he gets a lot of good press, and I, I don't, you know, I think this is well, sad, know, but his sexuality is a problem, isn't it? Let me pronounce it? the name for you. Let me give you a pronu pronouncer. You pronounce it, it's a Maltese name. Yeah, yeah. It's Pete Buttigieg. Buttigieg. But Buttigieg. Boot a judge. Boot a judge. Okay. So we've cracked his name. Uh, do you think his sexuality will count against him? Well, yes, because I don't think America is about to elect uh, in Trump's America a woman uh, or a person of color or a gay person. And wow. Trump's uh, minions have already been attacking, uh, the, uh, making homophobic, homophobic attacks on uh, yep. Pete. The thing about Pete, if, if, if Bernie Sanders is the Jeremy Corbyn of American politics, Pete Buttigieg is kind of like a 21st century gay Tony Blair. He's kind of a moderate, reasonable, appealing, winsome, 
charming, intelligent, the way Blair was in the old days before he turned fat. I, 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 I Alan and Matthew, <laughs> I, 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 I am actually with you every, every inch of the way there, but Kevin just cannot be persuaded. You just really can't be persuaded. You just think that the gay thing is is, is just insurmountable. Well, Alan just uh, agreed. Well, in America, yeah. people, we're in a phase in America where, look, it was the racism. Americans, a lot of Americans, or 50% of the Americans, never... Uh, were able to digest the fact that they had a black man in the White House with Obama. That was part of the reason why there was this election of Trump, because Trump, America, uh, Trump ripped the band-aid, the plaster, off racism in America. Homophobia is another big thing, so I think I don't think Buttigieg can be elected. But, Not but, at all. So, it's just the, the fact that Obama did two terms, and uh, I, I agree with what happened afterwards with Trump, no doubt about it, but the fact that he, he pulled off two terms suggests that there there was, at one point at least in American history, a groundswell of support for, for people of colour, and surely if, if it was there then, then why couldn't it be there for, for, for a gay president? Because it's America. Maybe, there, maybe it can be in the future, but I don't think right. we are American society is divided. And you'd need a big majority to elect a gay person. I don't think that's going to happen now. And if you enjoyed all of that, make sure you tune in to The Matthew Wright Show with Kevin O'Sullivan every weekday from 1 on Talk Radio. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.